0: to gang time. Community. This is gang time. Family. It's gang time. Awareness. There are moments when gang time gets serious. And always remember, good luck and Godspeed and Godspeed and Godspeed. And we are live in the basement. Let me go ahead and tell you, man, it is another Thursday in this thing, Coach Clark. Yes, sir. What a wonderful day. Great day to be alive. Let me go ahead and tell you this, man. I know uh, we're, 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 we're shooting off, um, talking about, man, how, uh, if you listen to the last podcast, we go ahead and talked about your friend, uh, um, Mr. Leonard, mm-hmm. correct, mm-hmm. and, 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 and can you go ahead and tell me how was the service, man? How how did everything go to go and kind of get us get us warmed up? The, in the there?
1: services were absolutely amazing, uh, coach. To be honest with you, very befitting uh, for a person who was a wonderful human being. Yes, and I shouldn't say was; I should say is because we speak of those who have gone on in the in the uh, in the present tense and not in the past tense. But what a wonderful service! A great gathering of people showed up for this service uh, on last Saturday. Uh, in Grambling, Louisiana, at the T.H. Harris Auditorium. All four speakers, Coach, uh, one of the things that I must say that I commend them on probably the most is that they were timely Mm. because I have gone to some funerals, Coach, and people forget that you only have so much time that you can actually talk. And so within that time, you need to say what you need to say, and that that you can't say, you tell it to the family after the services are
0: over. Yes, indeed. Because uh, you know they almost go up there and run and knock the preacher down, trying to grab the mic to keep on talking. Look, 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 look! <laughs> my my father used to go ahead and say this: churches were made for you to sit down, not lay down. Yes, sir. You know yes, sir. <laughs>
1: And, and and thank you <laughs> the name of God, nobody made anybody lay down. All all four speakers that were uh, on to talk did a very amazing job eulogizing uh, Leon on last week. And uh, then the preacher, uh, Reverend Tegatra Thomas, who actually was the SGA president while he and Leon were in school. He's a pastor preacher out of Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, two different coins. You have Leon, who was a kappa. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and then you have to for Thomas pastor to Thomas, who's an Omega. Mm-hmm. And so an Omega did a Kappa service. Yeah. And so he did an amazing job just talking about the mandate for the mission. You know, yes. that we must be born again. And um, I always thought and always believed that Leon was saved. And one of the things, one of the guys actually mentioned during the uh, services, he said that Leon actually made a confession to him that he wanted to give his life to God. And so, That meant a lot to me because I always believed he was saved. But he said Leon had said that he had never made that bold proclamation. You know, so I mean, coach, from beginning to end, 75 minutes strong. And the family was uh, very happy to see as many people come out and show love.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Look, 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 I'm I'm, I'm glad that. That you had an opportunity to go ahead and talk to the family. That you had an opportunity to to see him, see him farewell, and 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 and, and to know that you will still carry on his words of advice for you. Yes. His 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 mission uh, still lives on mentally, physically, and emotionally. As we go ahead and, and 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 can still go back to hearing his voice on recordings and everything else to know that his energy still lives around us, even though his physical body is Every here. single
1: day. And I mean, with every single person that he talked to, every single person that he touched, I was watching uh, something on Facebook, uh, I think the earlier part of last week, Coach, early part of this week, it was a young lady that they were best friends. They grew up, you know, five minutes apart from each other in Grambling, Louisiana. And so they were great friends. And Leon, uh, in that video, as he was talking to her, was talking about the essence of love. Yes. That love, you know, should be an ever-flowing fountain. It pours from one picture into another. So it should never get to the point where that picture dries out. Yes. You know, and yes. that, that's what the message that he gave to people. And so for the people that knew him, that mission still lives to love as hard as you can every single day. Love the people that you are around, that you have the abilities to touch, even though they may not change right away, something that you say, something that you do, something within your action may actually help to perpetuate them and motivate them to be different. Mm. And so that's the legacy that he left. I mean, you know, everybody's not going to be a vegan, but he was trying to convert as many people hey, as he possibly could because that he was on that mission to help. You know, mentally, physically, emotionally, but he believed this started with what did you put in your body? How were you fueling your body? So, along with the love, he wanted you to have a healthy component uh, for your body and your mind. So, everything would be in balance and alignment. And so, uh, to have somebody like that and that that type of mission to live on, not only through myself, uh, my other broadcast partner, Santoria Black, along with Nick Harris, it, it lives through us, but it lives through so many other people. That some of us will never be able to really know because we did, even though we worked together, we had different circles of friends. And so when we all come together and it was such a hodgepodge of love and great energy that was there, great spirit that was there, it encompassed who Leon
0: really was. And Most so, definitely. Uh, and really is. Most definitely. Let me go ahead and tell you, Lug. I understand that you have been a traveling man. Let me go ahead and talk about the other situation. So I'm looking <laughs> on Facebook day before yesterday, okay? And, and it brings me into this segue here. Uh, uh, now, I, 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 I see somebody's filming some dancing that's happening. Now, you got to set me up. Now, where was this located at? This
1: was actually in uh, Mitterrand. Right
0: okay. In okay. So-
1: just a few miles uh, past the airport uh, in Metairie, Louisiana, at the Jefferson uh, Theater uh, Arts Theater Center. There. Okay. And so, um, man, I'm driving up. I get there right on time, and, you know, I'm walking in, and I see that, you
0: know, man, this is a big deal. You like, know, like, like it had some people. Well, it, 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 it looked like it had some people there.
1: It, coach, it honestly did. I mean, you had one or two seats that may have been open for people who had tickets but didn't make it or couldn't make it. But they bought them anyway to support uh, the dance company that was going on. And coach, when I tell you that it was just an amazing night, mm. an amazing night to watch these young ladies and men, a uh, uh, young young man. There was one one young man that was a part of the company get up and dance. It was just absolutely amazing. And the little biddies, as I like to call them, the yes. tiny tights coach. Yes, they stole the show. Oh, you know, oh. Because you you know it's just like going and uh, watching them play. T ball. Yeah. There's you know, somebody yes. out in the outfield, you yes. know, picking up daisies and throwing up dirt. You're right. You know? And there was one or two little girls, she, they didn't care what was going on, who was dancing. They were going to stand in their spot and they wasn't going to move. And the go.
0: dance was over with. Look, 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 look. I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and especially whenever you can get young men and women to participate in things, to go ahead and actually be on a stage for the first time. It doesn't matter if it's being on a field, being on a court, being on a stage this is a time to shine. And in that shining, what we have is we have moments of fear. Yes. And, 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 and that we conquer fear. You know what I'm saying? We have to put ourselves out there, you know, because anything that shined had to go ahead and be buried in the dirt for a little At while. At some point. You, you know what I'm saying? So when you come into the light, you're gonna sparkle. But some people say, well, I don't like to go ahead and, and, and actually be on the stage. I don't like to sing. I like, I don't like to I entertain. Like to I like to be in the background. But there are so many times in life that you can just look at other people doing it yeah. that you forget that you need to go through that process yourself. Absolutely. Can you go ahead and tell me a little bit more about the experience of dance and how did your daughter go in and feel after the the, the situation and everything else She's like that? She's
1: been dancing for so long, Coach, until now it's almost second nature to her. I mean, even before we had her, in dance class. She was already dancing. Okay. She was dancing and moving around. And as a matter of fact, I think she started when she was like two or three. And, you know, when she moved from Texas to Louisiana, it was kind of that that, that break-off period. So she kind of kind of broke away from it for a little while. Not because she wanted to, just finances just wouldn't let us do it. Yes. So when we had an opportunity to put her back in dance, uh, she took to it like a fish to water. Yes. And I mean, she's been going at it uh, full throttle. Throttle. And the one thing that I can definitely say that she does not have on that stage, or at least she doesn't show it. She doesn't show that she has any fear. Now, mm. She may have it in her heart, you know, trying to remember the steps, the routine, the whole nine yards. She may have that, you know, as a nervous energy that she needs to be uh, on her game and yes. do what she does. But coach, when she's out there, it is absolutely electric and again this is in no wise trying to knock anybody else's child that's out there <laughs> yeah. but i just believe my baby was the best one that was on the stage <laughs> yeah. last night
0: yeah. uh, your, your parent vision was only occupied on one dancer and it was perfect that was
1: it <laughs> i did not care and who didn't do what when she was on stage my mind and my heart and my eyes and the camera was primarily focused on what she was doing on the stage, and then of course I tried to go wide shot so they could see everybody. everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So when yeah, like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. what he trying to do?" You know, he <laughs> just he just think his baby the best, and I do. Um, that that was out there, but I wanted to give the wide shot to show everybody. And the last dance that they did on last night, Coach, was to a gospel song called "Hallelujah, Salvation and Glory," mm. and they just knocked it out. Box man, it was done with so much passion, it was done with um, a level of personal touch to God, it was done uh, with the heart to say, You know what? I'm gonna help somebody understand what this song really means. And when they put that whole song together and I did like seven minutes or eight minutes of recording, it's like a 10 minute song. Yes. That so they were out there on that stage performing at the very end of the night, yes. you know, after already doing, you know, three other dances, but they're out there doing this and it looked like they never lost any energy. They never lost their passion. They never lost touch with the audience. And it was just an amazing night to watch her do the very thing that she loves To do The only thing is I can get her mind to change, Coach. You know, at one point I had her strongly going to grambling, and Mm.
0: now she's considering Southern, so that breaks my heart just a little bit, (laughs) but wherever she is, my heart will be as well. Most definitely, most definitely. Well, let let, let me go ahead and get into this right here. Well, today is a day of change. Today is a day of change for the Bayonne family. Today is a day of change for the Bonet family. Today is a day of change for two families that are returning to Alexandria as the prodigal sons that they truly were. I enrolled my son, Blue and Taj Bonet into ash. Oh, wow. Today. What? They, a- they actually go in and decommit. I and I don't even know if you're going to commit or <laughs> not commit, but let me go in and tell you, I have been answering phone calls all day today wow. because in it, um, I'm still looking to like, like I have a job. I have a job at Pineville high school. You know what I'm saying? And, and in it, we are in that moment of, let me go ahead and tell you, you're going to have to make your way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and sometimes that is tough. Sometimes that's tough to allow the kid to actually to, to, to move forward. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because ultimately I had a plan and certain things came up that that plan that I had took a monkey wrench in the van. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and in it, we still have to understand that there's still a plan. Just because I made a plan, just because what I thought I had everything to there's a different plan maker. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's a different architect. There's a different engineer. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Because in it, I would not have told you. If, if, if you'd have asked me last year, I would have laughed in your face. If you'd have asked me just a month ago, I'd have laughed in your face. But now, change is on the horizon. Yeah. So guess what? We have a lot of, and what we talked about was some fears. Yes. We have a lot of mental strength. It was heavy on my heart. It was heavy on my heart. It was a this place of Pineville High School is somewhere that I've dedicated a decade. You know what I'm saying? Ten years. Ten years to this place. And to even come up with the idea to say Joseph Thomas Jr. will not be attending Pineville High School. It it, it has rattled my family. It has rattled everything. And let me tell you this: I must admit. My son said something that 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 actually last week uh, uh that, that, that was something he says it's gonna be better for us. Mm. Now in it, now, 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 now not to say it's gonna be better for me. Right. Not to say it's gonna be because in it, he has to come to the understanding that we are a family. Yeah, it all works together. And he says it's gonna be better for us. Yes. And so, if this is where I have to go, Father, then this is where I have to go. Yeah. Not really. Not, not not in it. I even think about the biblical sense, like like in it of sons that are committed to their fathers, even if they think that something is ludicrous. Yes. But the son that says, "If this is what you want me to do, I'm here. Then I'm going to do here. it." You, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that you can have more love for your son <laughs> than what in the world you can go in and have. But moments of being proud, moments of saying this boy is getting older. Yeah. This ain't, this, this ain't boring no more. This right. ain't SpongeBob, SpongeBob no more. Yeah. Do, 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 do you understand? So, so now I'm saying there is a great change that is happening. And today we're going to go ahead and be talking about how, can we recognize not just that mental weight that has gone in and actually fallen upon us, but how can we eliminate this mental weight? Because we can have things on our heads, in our minds, because in my my first thing I was thinking automatically was what will everybody else think? Right, like, how will everybody else feel? Like, 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 not like in it, the first step I looked, I had to make sure that my family had to understand that look, this this is coming with a cost, and 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 not only that, you know, most individuals. I have my second son. Uh, n- no, he is not my. I want to go, but yeah. but Taz Bonet yeah, 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 but, yeah, but Taz Bonet and and my son have actually gone ahead and been together all the way through T-ball, all the way. They're like like like. Look, thick it's as like nice he, 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 Here we go. So now. I'm, my decision is affecting two families,
1: mm.
0: It's affecting two families. So then the weight is even heavier. Right. So I'm not just listening to what my wife is saying, but I'm listening to the father of him and the mother yeah. of somebody outside of the house. What are we going to do, Joe? Yeah. What's happening, Joe? I don't know. Right. And that is something that is very unnerving whenever you have someone with the answers to say, I don't know.
1: Sometimes, Coach, the greatest thing that we can ever say in any situation, to be honest with anybody, is I don't know. But I trust that whatever this is, it's the right plan. It's the right thing to do. Sometimes, as coaches, you know as well as I do, but one thing that we go into every game If we go into every game with a plan, we have to have a game plan. We know that if a team does this, uh, we're going to do this. If they roll safeties high, we're going to do this. If they walk safeties down, then we're going to check to this. And so sometimes in the game, things get so hectic until the plans that we have, they get augmented because we got to go in at halftime and make some adjustments because the other team also had a plan. And they came out and changed some things that we didn't see before. Yes. And so now, how do I make halftime adjustments that will lead to future success for the end of this day? Yes. And that's where you all are at the time. You were yes. making a halftime adjustment to say, what do I need to do? I don't know if this is what we need to do, but I'm going to do it because I believe in my heart it's the
0: right thing. Here, it, look, look, let me go and take it. It happened at the perfect time. Because in it, my son, he's going into the ninth grade. And 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 if he would have attended one day and this change would have happened after that one day, he would have had to sit out 365 days. Yes. You, you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it came at the right time. This this moment came at the right time. The the main thing is I had to make sure that I that that I asked my myself this question: Am I prepared? To handle this situation, let me go ahead and tell you this. I had to go in and explain to one of my good friends because uh, um, 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 because everything was saying, "Hey, you know, I hear the kids going in and rumbling." I said, "I was prepared for this when Boyce, Louisiana tried to bury me. Mm. I was prepared for this when I had coaches to tell me that." They're going to kick me off of this team if I can't go ahead and do this. I was prepared for this with every class that I went in college to that this was not going to make me a failure. Yeah. Like 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 in all of these things, I know that I'm prepared. But when I start thinking about it, I had to understand and I had to go ahead and open my mind up to say, is my son prepared? I was already knew I was prepared for the decision. But was my son prepared in this first step? They go ahead and talk about this. If your brain of things that are mentally wearing you down, you almost got to act like it's a backpack. You got to open the backpack and take everything out Yes. and organize these things. Sometimes it can be so much clutter inside of your backpack what's mentally weighting you down is you don't recognize what and where the other stuff is. This is just one part of what could be wearing you down. You have other things that are inside of your backpack that you gotta make sure that this has organization. And when we talk about trying to, to put things in their proper place, that this one issue would not be so intense if you had other things inside of your life organized. Yeah. It just kind of threw a wrench in everything else because some of the other things that I was dealing with was not organized themselves. It just kind of threw a hole to those things. Right. You, you, know, you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. And it just called clutter. Like, have you ever gone in and, and, and I know we all have, most of us have kids and they didn't go and came in. That's like, how can you find anything in this in notebook, mm-hmm. in, in this trapper keep this thing is supposed to be organized. Right. And then we go and talk about that, but our brains are so scattered. And then when something new actually hits us, it causes us stress. Mm. Because we can't we we, we can't overcome that, that 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 action because we haven't overcame the other things that we're going to have. It's just kind of running itself through this thing.
1: Sure. And the one thing I was gonna say, Coach, because I mean you alluded to it about taking things off. And I'm often reminded about uh, what the commentators and the scholars say about the needle eye gate in the in the Bible, when you hear that uh, scripture that says it's easier for a rich man to get into uh, uh, a camel to go through the needle eye, to, through the needle eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to go into heaven. Well, there's a the, the story is about the needle eye gate because all of the other gates in the city at certain times were closed. And if you were journeying through a particular area, they had a small crevice in order for you to actually enter in and to get out. So in order for you to get out of that particular area, you had to do some things. And most people in, in biblical times, they were riding on camels, you know, they were on camels. So camels are big animal, animals with big humps, you know, they they stored their water and everything that they need to make long arduous journeys. So what they would have to do, the person who's riding the camel would actually have to get off of the camel get the camel down on its knees, take off all of the stuff that they have packed on the camel, get it off of them, and then get the camel to walk through this small port down on its knees to be able to exit. And then keep the camel on the other side so that they can reorganize, reprioritize so that the journey can continue. Isn't it amazing how life Often hits us that sometimes we're faced with a needle eye. Yes, yeah, and that we've got to do what's necessary, which is get down from where we are up here mm. riding so high to be back down at a plane where we can handle some things, take some stuff off, get through that particular small passage. And then reorganize, reassess, readjust so that we can get back on the camel and ride again. And so sometimes, Coach, what I've learned for a lot of people's mind, including my own, when you talk about uh, organization, is that we do allow too much clutter. We don't take things off. We don't put things where they need to be. And we are still trying to force an animal, force ourselves through this needle eye yes. and still trying to carry everything that we got on here. But we're not going to get through there
0: because we're not in the right posture. Right. And then understand, if you try to take the shortcut, if you try to go ahead and say, well, I'm not going to take everything off. Right. I'm just going to take some things off. That other things will be damaged. See, that's the, that's the part of saying I can still because. I don't want to go back to step one. Mm -hmm. I want to start on step three. Yeah. I want to start on step four because I was on step 10, but I'm okay with going and going to step five or step four. Let's see how much you can go ahead and get, and you're going to damage certain things, and then you're going to say, I should have done this. Is it going to be tedious? Is it going to be tough to start back at number one? One, when it when the camel made it through, what you're going to realize is when you retouch these things, you're going to say, hmm, maybe I don't need. Right. Maybe I don't don't need this because you've been throwing everything in this thing and it's been carrying for a while. But when you take all of this stuff off and you say or take all of this stuff out of the uh, of the the proverbial backpack, you're going to realize, man. I got three notebooks in here and only use one. And that's the thing that
1: probably will drive you absolutely insane once you realize, like, why have I been carrying so much stuff? Yes. You know, do I feel like I'm inadequate or I'm going to run out of something? So I'm carrying more than what I really need. And sometimes in life, coach, that's where many people are. They carry more than what they really need. They carry the baggage of the past. They carry the baggage of what happened earlier in the day. They're carrying all of these different things. And if they would just take out the time and say, you know what? I really don't need this. This was never worthy of anything anyway. I just need to get it out of the way because all it's really doing right now is weighing me down. I am weighed down in things that I rightly really don't need. And because of it, it makes my journey more arduous because I keep adding things on and not taking enough off. Let me also throw this out there because I am a strong proponent of this. God does addition by subtraction. Mm -hmm. There are just some things that God in his infinite wisdom that he has to allow us to see that it's not worthy of who we are. Yes, It's taking away more from us than it's adding to us. And when you really see it, you're like, wow, you know what, God? I should have been listening to begin with. I should have been putting these things where they needed to be put all the time. But we're so used to carrying and carrying and carrying, and we become hoarders.
0: Yes, we're distraction hoarders. Yeah, yes. that's, that's one of the craziest things of all time, of being a distraction hoarder. Not to go in and say, hmm, what new game can I go ahead and do to go ahead and distract me and put this in my backpack? Too? Mm-hmm. What what new thing can I occupy my time? Now, I didn't say I needed to do all this, but I didn't hoarded my time with nothing but distractions. And then I'm complaining to say I don't have my life in line, Right. But where where were you putting all of your energy?
1: Yes. Where were were you putting your focus? Yes. You know, because distractions and detractors are always going to be there. Yes. Yes. And the more that you feed into those things, the more that you're going to find yourself wondering, like, as you just said, I wonder why I don't have my life together. I wonder why I'm in this particular position. Have you taken out the time to actually really say to yourself, like, hey, I really need to look at some things. I need to write some things down. I'm also a very big proponent of that too, coach, is sitting down and writing the pros as well as the cons. Because sometimes we think something is actually an advantage when it's really not. And so it becomes a distraction. It becomes a part of the detractors. And before we know it, what we are is the detractor, distraction, hoarders of our own inabilities to be what we want to be or what we should be or what we believe that our purpose is. You've allowed it to happen to you. And then you can't blame anybody for that because it's all on you. Therapist told me when I first started going to therapy coach and it was true. And I didn't realize this. The only person I'm in control of at the end of the day is myself. Yes. So if I get distracted Do I blame the distraction or do I blame me for allowing my eyes to get off of what I need to keep my eyes on and stay focused? Do I blame the detractors or do I blame me? Because at the end of the day, the only person I can really look at is say, hey, this one is on me. Now I know what I had in the past with my family and that dynamic and all that stuff. So that plays a role, but my job as an individual is to put the focus where it needs to be placed, which is on myself and I get focused and I keep my eyes this way. People don't want ever wonder why that they put blinders on horses when they race. It's so that they won't turn their heads and get distracted by what's around them because that slows you down. Same thing that we teach our runners when we're running track. You have no need to turn and look. Why? Because that's a distraction. Yes. It's detracting you And it's keeping you from being at your ultimate and optimal
0: uh, self. Let me go ahead and take it this, Coach. Stage two of this says that each problem that you have, if you think about mental weight, they're like bricks. Mm. Some bricks you can carry because you can solve those things. But other bricks you need to take out of your backpack and put them to the side for later. Mm. Now I look at a situation where all injuries for an athlete has to go ahead and be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Look, there's a difference between hurt and injured. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now in it, if you're hurt, this is something we can take care of right now. Okay. Maybe it's cramps. Maybe, maybe it's, 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 it's you have a cut. Guess what? We can wrap that thing up right now. But when we have an injury, Okay, those injuries cannot be taken care of right now. They're going to go ahead and have they're going to have their own due time that they're going to have to get you back in line. And I understand about there are some things within our lives that we can be carrying in our backpack that's wearing us down that we have no way to solve that right now. Yeah. We actually look at those things that we cannot solve and we're distracted because we have these other things and it causes clutter. How about this? Let's focus on the things that we can solve today. Yeah, I go ahead and tell people this all the time. People want to go ahead and change the world. It's so much change in this world. But I go ahead and look at almost this th- th- this change like this. Everybody's saying, "Man, I wish the world had more uh, more peace. I wish everybody was more human." Okay. Let me go ahead and talk about what's true change. I said, you want to go ahead and change the outside of the house. How about this? Let's go ahead and have things that my hands can change right now. How would you change this room? Maybe if we go and pick up a little bit, maybe we vacuum clean, you will see an instant change. Things that you can take care of now. You're trying to talk about changing the roof. We can't change the roof today, but we can change some things inside of a room that you're in. I think the greatest problem with
1: all of us is that we often want instant gratification, so we're always trying to change everything around us instead of focusing on okay, what is the one thing that I can work on right now that's going to make me better? I was watching uh, or reading Facebook, and there's a guy on there named Anthony O'Neill. He's take he's 37 years old, and he's taking he said I'm taking a sabbatical from you know Facebook and everything to work on redefining what success is. What does that look like? What is that for me at my age? And one of the things that it made me really think about is what you're talking about right now. For a lot of people, Coach, at whatever age they are, what they're trying to do is trying to do everything at once. And it just doesn't work like that. If you were going to go through a weight loss program, You got to realize that the program is scheduled to do things at a certain time, but you have to do these things first. Yes, You can't skip from this and get here, as you were talking about earlier. It's the math problem. It's the teacher looking you in the face and say, hey, I need you to work this thing out. I need to see all the steps because if I don't see all the steps, I don't know where you're making your mistakes, even though you may be getting the answer correct, yes, but you may be making some mistakes somewhere else that's going to cost you later on down the line. When the problems get harder, you're not going to be able to skip these steps. Exactly. So why not work on step one first, the, the things that we know that we can do right here right now and get those things taken care of and then moved to another thing, because that's a big problem because we're trying to jumble all this stuff up and saying, you know what? God's going to take the magic vacuum and just swoop it all up yes. and it's all gone. And I'm going to walk around with my hands lifted, my head uh, uh, raised, and, and I'm going to sing praises unto his name. And in reality, sometimes what happens is instead of God emptying those things, He's putting something else in there to yes. see if you're willing to work
0: on this so that it will lighten your load. Right. Yeah, like, that's was like, a crazy thought, but I mean. Like, I am broke, but I'm going to put my money on the lottery because I mm-hmm. feel like that the lottery is going to be the saving grace. But when I win this lottery, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about all that. Let me go ahead and tell you this. We have to make sure that we are looking in the right places for the right answers. Yes. I what, The one thing that I, that, that, that I really have a problem with, I hear people saying, I'm going to work on myself. Let me go ahead and tell you this, in the African-American community, we are anti-therapists, we are anti-work. We say we're working on ourselves, but what that really means is, maybe they're in a relationship ah. and I'm just not gonna go into, I need some time to myself. Or maybe to watch a movie, or maybe to just to go in here and read. If I have, if I have cancer, if I have got dog, I'd have broke my leg. I just me sitting in the house and be like, I fixed it myself. No, you got to go to somebody. If you're working on yourself, you got to go to somebody that is actually going to bring you to a process of healing. Yes. Like, like, don't yes. tell me that you're working on yourself, but you didn't go nowhere. All you did
1: coach, was avoid it. Yes. And because you avoided it or whatever it is that it is in that avoidance that you have, because you feel like if I avoid it, it's going to be okay. I don't have to worry about it. It's out of sight, out of mind. No, it's not. It is still there. It is lying dormant for the moment. But as soon as something else comes up in your life that is similar to the thing that you have been trying to avoid all this time, it comes right back. To the surface, and you're right back at square one. You're broken and you're busted, you're disgusted, going to my church jargon now. You're all of those things because you didn't take time to go see somebody that can help you lighten the load and work on this one thing right here. Let's get this squared. O- Lord, I almost said stuff. Let's get this thing squared away. Yes, yes. Let's work on this yes. before we try to tackle this. Because there's got to be a reason why this is the way it is. And if we don't ever deal with this, no matter what that is over there, way down the line, it started Yes. With this thing. Yes. Let's yes. work on that first. Yes. And coach, if we keep avoiding it and acting like it doesn't matter, or if we're sick and we don't want to go to the doctor, oh it's, it's gonna be okay. I'm gonna be all right. I'm gonna uh go to my soul
0: food right here. Yeah, I'm gonna just use my roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. ginger root, you root, root go here, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> use my roots right here, you know. Right, right. And,
1: and it's it's gonna take care when of you
0: me. have no certification for this. None. But, 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 but None. in it, you got to understand that when we decluck, when we take the Things out of the backpack, and then we realize what this what this is. You're going sometimes. You've got to leave things at their proper time to be fixed. And I got to identify. I got to organize it. I got to say I can fix that problem right now. I I, that's that's going to have its own thing. But I got to figure out a method of how to fix the things that I can fix today. Yes, we spend so much time. That what happened in 2001 that that has caused chaos still in 2021 is still there. And I'm not
1: going to lie to you. I could uh, go into personal references where that is actually what happened. And I know some people right now, Coach, that honestly look at life and see life where it is right now. And it's based on something that happened so long ago. Until it affects the right here and the right now. So let's just deal with the one thing that we need to deal with. Let's let's deal with this. Why are you like this? And for many people, they'll honestly tell you, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know how I got here. I don't. I don't really realize what. So what do I need to
0: to work on in the why right here? Well, coach, that's the problem. They have the ability to, to say I don't know, but they don't have the next step. To find the note, they say I know it all, but they still use the same word. I don't know why I'm like this. Well, guess what? It's time to figure that out. Like, 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 how can you speak out of this side of the mouth to say I don't know, but then you go on the other side and say I know something wrong with them. Right. They love to go in and point that finger and be like, I know something ain't right with them. If you know it all, you couldn't fix yourself, but you are a clinical doctor to know what's happening to them one of the
1: great uh problems that i faced and i didn't realize that it was so bad until i got married to be honest with you coach was i had anger management issues you know i'm talking about they were on 26 (laughs) you know coach they were huge and i didn't realize it I just thought, you know, maybe it's just my competitive edge. Maybe it's just the fact that my dad was always like this, you know, yes. you know, yeah, everything yes. around me has to be this way. And so even when I'm in something that doesn't deserve that type of energy, guess what I'm putting into it? I'm putting in that competitive edge, anger issue that I've got to win. Yes. Yes. And so now everything that I do revolves around that. So I'm still dealing with, you know, I got anger management issues. So I had to get to the point to realize like, wait a minute, where is all of this coming from? And how can I fix it? Because I can't say, I don't know why I do this. Yes, I do. I do know why I do this. My father was competitive. My mother is ultra competitive as well. And she loves to be right. So in those two things, I had to learn about myself like, wait a minute, I don't need to carry around that type of mentality if I'm going to be the best me for myself or the best me for my family, the best me for my church or whomever it is. I had to work with that key component. That was the first thing that I had to really stop and look at because it was a thing that I could work on right here and right now. I can no longer point the finger at my dad. My dad's dad ain't gone, been gone almost 20 years. Yes. You know, my mother's still alive. God bless her. She's 73 years old, but I can't keep pointing my fingers at her and at him at some point. I'm in control of me. Yes. And so I've got to take the steps. I've got to put myself in the position to say, you know what? I don't want to be that person anymore. Yes. And I start working on that one thing. And then from there, if there's other issues, I'll work on those things. But let's just center our minds and posture our hearts to work on that. And that's what I had to do for me, coach. I really did. And all of these other things started coming out of that. Like, wow, the the reason why you're like this is because you got anger management issues. The reason why you do this is because you got anger management issues. The reason why you do this is because of... And so, coach, as I work on this, what you will eventually find yourself doing is lightening the load that you're carrying because it all stems from the one thing that you can handle
0: today. Let me go ahead and say this, Coach. If that, those, that winning edge, it has a place for that. Yes. It has a time for that. It has a time that it needs to be sparked up. And, and that's what but I But it's learn. not in all times. Like, that fighting edge does not need to happen when you're making eggs. Do you know what I'm saying? You be like, ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, 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 especially when you are doing something that takes Tender care, you can't bring in the bull. Yeah. Do, do you know oh, No, yeah, the, was... the, the bull is necessary, but not in all situations. And yeah. I think that. And, and having to realize that I had to be able to separate those yes. things. Going back to, to the what, stage. Yeah, You've got to, to go in and separate it. you got to see, okay, when do I do this? I understood why, but now I have to say, that was the correct action in this situation, right. and this was not the correct action in this and, situation. And I had to teach myself, Coach. And I know we're probably going all over the
1: place on right. people, but at this point, I just, I had to teach myself that I wasn't always the coach, right? right. You know, I, I'm not always the coach. I'm not always the one having to fix That's everything. Deep. You know, I I see the problem, boom. I got to go addressing, you know, let's get this. Let's do this. Let's change this. Hey, let's work on this. That's what coaches do. Yes. And in those settings and that time, it's meant to help teach kids lessons. Yes. But at home, I don't need to be the coach. Right. You know, So I'm I'm carrying that stuff and trying to realize, like, hell, why is my relationship kind of
0: sour? It's it's not the championship edge. Right. Okay. Because. You got to understand a true champion does not win all the time. Absolutely. Even one of the greatest teams,
1: if not the greatest team, 70, the, the Bulls that won 72 games. Yes. You know,
0: or, or the Golden State Warriors that won X number of games. Yes.
1: They had to lose at some point.
0: Yes. Yes. They had to and, lose. And, and in it, it was still in the learning, in the loss that made the champion. Yeah. That 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 you to say. I may have been wrong with all of this winning. I tried to bring the same method, but it did not right. win in this and it said, I gotta change. Yeah. And, I gotta and, change. And,
1: and that's and that's where I am as it relates to working on that one thing, that one piece, is saying that, hey, every method doesn't work in every situation. I've got to find the method that works. And my therapist actually told me something. She gave me like a, a, a laundry list of things that I could do. And, you know, I could journal, I could, you know, start cooking, you know, I could, you know, listen to music, I could uh, do breathing uh, and meditating exercises. Yes. Because what that does is it puts me in a position to be able to work on the right here and right now. Because when I was at my, at my angriest coach, it's usually when I would, you know, want to be right about something. Yes. And I just had to prove my point. I had to realize like, you know what? It's not worth proving your point. It, it really isn't. Take off the layers and say, oh, I got to work on that. Why am I doing this? You know why? Because my edge is too much. And it's controlling me and I'm not controlling it. And it's all over the place where
0: it looks good to other people. Yes. But when yes. you got to deal with it at home. Oh. Ask my wife. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it'll let you know. Let me go ahead and tell you this, coach. The third step is we have to realize that these bricks are not real. These bricks that we're talking about, those things that you can deal with, the weight of that brick is only what you assign it. Yes. See, we actually. <laughs> Even mental anguish, stress, this mental weight that we're trying to go in and give it, it does not weigh a feather. Mm-hmm. It can weigh mentally as much as you assign it to weigh inside of your life. Now, you don't see it until you separate it. Now, what I'm what, what I don't want people to do is say, I'm gonna ignore it. Yes. Avoidance is the worst thing that you can do. Right. I'm just saying I just say I don't want, want to deal with it. I ain't gonna. That's awful. You're just compounding the problem. So, so have you ever gone ahead and dealt with a problem? It could be something with a car, and then you have a video. The time I go ahead and find the right scenario or the solution, what you realize how heavy that situation was lightened just then, because now I have the knowledge to fix it. Now I'm calling in the professionals. Now I have this thing right here. Now it may cost money that go ahead and has its own factor, but at the same time, coach, what we're running into today is we are assigning weight to things that may not even exist. My situation of me leaving a place that was very comfortable to me, mm-hmm. I put extreme weight because I was thinking, like you said, what will other people think? And then just those words became heavy to my heart. Heavy. Yeah, that, your heart just does this all the time. I'm, 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 I'm assigning the weight. I'm saying it. And guess what? The time when you come to the understanding that it's family first, I have to make sure that my family is in line. Who cares what other people think? See, that's a signing that one is very heavy and the other one is lightened because I understand that I'm providing as a father, as a husband, as the things that they need. Yeah. I am the ultimate person that assigns the weight for mental anguish. I have to go and understand that this was the solution. This was the right thing for me to do in this situation. And once you make that decision, and once you go ahead and research it, it's only going to be time that I have to reflect, review, and revise to see if I made the right decision. But it cannot be right now because right. because are not going right yeah, to see it right now. Yeah, you're not going to see it right now. There's no way that you can see it in that moment
1: because you don't realize like, is this really the right step? But I'm going to take the step. Yes. There's a portion of scripture, Coach, that I'm going to allude to right now that says uh, we walk by faith and that faith without works is dead. And then it says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I don't see it yet, but I believe that I'm making the right step in the right direction because I believe this is where God is leading me. Or if you're not, you know, a God walker, God talker, you believe this is whatever it is that leads you, is leading you in that general direction. But the thing that I will tell anybody about making those steps and being sure that when you make those steps, you got to trust the entire process, because again, you're not going to see instantaneous gratification in that moment. You may feel like, man, you know what, that that was the right decision. Feel like it's a little lighter than what it was mm-hmm. because you're still dealing with all of the other things, the minutia that other people are going to say are going to do, going to think, why is this going on? Why is this going on? I read something the other day, uh, and it was by uh, Reverend Dr. William Jordan. He's a pastor of Lions Unity in Houston, Texas. And he said, when you get to the point that you realize that accept, being accepted, uh I don't want to misquote it. That I'll paraphrase it that you get to a point where you don't care about whether or not you're accepted, but that you're just doing what you need to do in order to get to that place where you want to be in life. Yes, yes. You know, don't mean that you discount, discredit, or whatever it is to other people, but I don't rightly care what another person thinks or says about this decision because it impacts us. And your son said something uh, early on that we were talking in within this conversation, he said, this is better for us. Yes. And that's what you have to think about when you make that step. It's better for us. Is this the best step that we can take? And I'll throw this out there. And again, I'm rambling a little bit today, so I'm half tired from the seven hours yeah, worth of yeah.
0: Still party time, still dancing.
1: But uh but I learned, coach, that in the midst of all of that, when making those steps, that all separation is not unto death. Yes. yes. And I think that a lot of times we think that if I separate from it, that it just gotta die. Yeah. That it, it just don't, it can't live. Mm-mm. That's don't, don't not, need it. Yeah, I don't need it anymore. That's not true. At some point, you have just put it where it needs to be placed. So at the right time, it comes back and it fits. Like you said, there's some things that's in that bag that you need in that bag, but you need to put it somewhere else until you can get it in there. Yes. And that's where we are as it relates to everything that goes on. We walk by faith, we move by faith, we believe it's the right step, even though our heart is doing this the whole time. We feel that because that weight is on our shoulders. But we gotta take those steps. And once we take the steps, we gotta trust that this process that we're on is leading us somewhere. Because just because I separate from it, don't mean it's dead. Just means it has to be over there for a little while until I can get this straight. And you can and 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 I'm going to throw this in as it relates to relationships. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, 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 go ahead. But, but as it relates to relationships, some people have to take time apart from each other to realize how much they love each other. Yes. Yes. And sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years. Yes. But at some point, it can come back together again. Yes. You know? Yes. You, but you've got to trust that process and you got to know, hey, this was what was best in that moment at that time. For us, I was, again, as it relates to what we're talking about, one of my uh, my therapists was telling me a story uh, one time about, you know, a, a couple, you know, hey, man, they 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 took that plunge. They said, you know what? Shh, we done. And got to the courthouse, was ready to file paperwork, and looked at each other in the eyes after being apart for about a year and saying, mm-hmm. man, you know what? Is this really what we want to do? They looked at each other and said, nah. This is not what we want. Just because of separation, that doesn't mean it's death. Yes. Sometimes you need that to mature you, to mature the other person, so that y'all can be the best people that y'all can be for
0: one another. That's as it relates to relationships, no, and, but a life and, in and, general. And I understand that. Right now, you may not be prepared to handle that break. Right. But in maturity, by taking that out and you come back to that, now you're mature enough. To take care of that mental weight that was in and then you will look back and say, "Man, that wasn't that difficult, No. right?" I but mean, at that time, it was it was two tons.
1: You know, like I said, I assigned that weight. Yeah, I, I, I put it on me and say, "You know what, Ooh, boy. This is too much.
0: Right? It's too yeah. much. I can't. I just can't do this. This is too much. Yeah, this is too much." And and, and look, I tell everybody out there what we're talking about is. Sometimes we have, we've had a podcast about change. We've had process about understanding your value. We, we, we understand Mm -hmm. that. But when it like in all of this, and this is why I thought that we really needed to talk about this is that mental weight, that mental weight. This is something that we're assigning ourselves that can be blocking our stages of, of growth Yeah. Because we can't see our next move, we're we're so mentally blocked up. We can't consume something else. Like let me go ahead and tell you, constipation is bad for you. I'm, yes, I'm telling you, yes, two things: diarrhea. when your internals are giving you problems, it takes every all energy and everything out of your life. It does. So so you got to make sure that you're taking care of your internals, that it's not how beautiful the backpack looks on the outside. See, because we can go ahead and dress that up. We can go ahead and have a whole bunch of things, and it looks like it's perfect. Yes, sir. You, you know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, sir. See, let me go ahead and tell you this. this. And I know I'm rambling on this point. You got to understand that they're creating drugs today hmm. that you cannot see that this person is in turmoil. Yeah. That this person, see, they had drugs back in the 90s, back in the 70s. If you was taking them, your body, like it, it was meth, like right. it was crap. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Now they have certain things that everybody looks normal. But Don't they're addicted, they're addicted to pills. Yeah. Like, 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 like these things have gone ahead and changed our lives of how we see it. That's why the first step is i got to open the backpack. That physical me saying I'm going to put my hands on it to open it is the toughest step. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say, you're talking about
1: scary? You're talking about absolutely mind-blowing? Right. that That I'm about to open up and actually look at this book? Right. And this book is not about other folks that I have pointed my fingers at and said they're the ones I actually got to take the moment to open up and look at myself for who
0: I am and not who I thought I was. And let me tell you this, coach. The only reason that you thought about opening it, because your zipper broke. Mm. See, we've been trying to hide so many things. As long as that zipper, as long as that proverbial zipper keeps it all in, we're good. Yeah. But now it's so much stuff stacked in there, I done broke my zipper. Yeah. And now it's all hanging out. Now it's all hanging
1: out. And, and, and other people that's are I'm seeing going. it. Yes, sir. You're exposed now. And, and here it is. That, yeah. You are exposed now. And you can't get away from it. So you don't have a choice but to deal with it. Yes. You know, and that's tough when you got to open it up because it's already there and people are seeing it and they're like, Man,
0: I didn't know Joe was like that. I didn't right? know
1: Austin was like that. And like, guess what? what was
0: going on? The weight. Bam. Yeah. The weight. What will other people think? Yeah. What will other people say? What will other people believe? Yeah. But as long as you were going ahead and dealing with these things, now in it, everything can't fit in your backpack. Yes. If it's not organized, how do I go ahead and do it? Stage one, what we talked about. We got to open up the backpack. We got to take the things out of the backpack, get those organized. And then the third stage of this is every, we're assigning weight to each one of these. Some things we can take care of now, Mm -hmm. some things we have to mature a little bit to go ahead and take Take care care of of later. And guess what? We're going to leave those things off to the side until we collect more information. So when we put them back in, it's organized. And we can zip up and we have space to grow. See, when we don't have space to tackle anything, then guess what? We're constantly, oh, it, it can be, why squeeze in the same trash that we had before?
1: Look, I've coached, you've coached for a long time. I was coaching girls junior high school basketball. And I'll be honest, I'd rather coach prisoners sometimes <laughs> than to coach girls. Uh, but I had one athlete in particular coach. If you would look in her bag, and I'm talking about her travel bag, her bag to go on games, yes, coach, you could find everything in the world. In her, everything that you needed. Her backpack was so well organized that if you would take something like her shoe and put it over here, it would drive her
0: nuts. Just I, I, yeah. I, I got to have it in the place.
1: yeah, I got to have it where it needs to be because yes. it helps me to stay focused and on the task. I don't have to go look for it. All I have to do is put my hands right here because it's right there. And coach, that's what we're talking about is being able to open up that other bag, take out that consternation and constipation that's there and say, hey, what do I need to put in this bag? How do I need to put it in this bag? Because when I need it the most, it's right there at my disposal. And I'm not rambling and scrambling, trying to find something that I know that I need. Yes, indeed. That's what we have to be able to do for ourselves. No matter who we are, what we are, we got to get to that point. And I, and I thank God for that young lady, because it taught me to tell other young ladies and other young men, That's hey, this, this is the it. example yes. of how you collect your stuff. Um had a young lady the other day, we were going to basketball game and not to get too far off the point, um, but she didn't pack her other jersey. Didn't pack it, didn't didn't put it in. Well, I had it on the bed, but I forgot. it. And I said, well, if it would have been in your bag, didn't have its proper place. And that's and that's what I was trying to tell you, you left it out and it wasn't where it was supposed to be. You put it out of its proper place. If it would have been in that bag. You wouldn't be looking for it. If you go ahead on and organize your bag every single day, every night, when it's time for us to travel game day, guess what you're never doing? You're never looking for stuff. And that's the problem with most of us, Coach, is that we put stuff where it don't belong and it's everywhere. And then when we open it up, we can't find anything.
0: Right, right. Let me say this, Coach. I know we didn't go ahead and came to this point right Mm -hmm. here. What is your word of the day?
1: If I can leave us today with any word whatsoever is don't be afraid to expose it. Don't be afraid to open it up, because the truth of the matter is you can never fix a problem if you'll never face it. Yes. And too many of us, what we want to do is we want to hide from it. We want to avoid it. We want to claim ignorance to it. But it's there. And you keep going deeper into this muck and clay because you don't want to deal with it. Take the time, take a step back and open up your bag and say, do I have everything I need in my bag organized? Or is everything in this bag just going everywhere and everybody knows it, but I want to act as if it's not that way. So I'm just hoping and praying that the first step for anybody, just open up, tell somebody, go talk to somebody and let somebody know like, hey, I need help.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I, I, I love that. My word of today is we can go ahead and have a word and change it into another language and respect that word or like that word even more just because it was said a different way. Yeah. The truth of the matter is We have to not only understand the meaning of the word, we have to actually put into action of what that word means. Mm. Sometimes I can use the word, the Spanish word, amor, it means love. But I like the word amor more than love. Okay, well, if you like saying it, saying it is one thing. The action of it is something else. What you feel when you go and put it in line. I am impl- and I say this to tell everybody else when you're out there and you're needing help I don't care if you call it depression. Mm-hmm. I don't care what in the word you call it if you're if you're going through sadness but you don't like that word said. you might like another word that means the same thing. But what is the action or the activity that we're doing to fix the problem? Because we can be so focused on what it sounds like instead of what's the action to fix it? Yeah. And you put a post out there and was like, hey, my phone is always open. I want to go ahead. And it and it changed, it, it affected me because that's exactly the way I feel. Yeah. Like, hey. If somebody's out there and you have Joe Bayon's <laughs> phone number and you're feeling down and you don't feel like you have somebody that you can talk to. I don't care if we go ahead and talk and we say we chatting. I don't care. If we can talk about sports. I don't care what you go ahead. But if you feel sadness, we can put whatever word you want on it. Mm-hmm. But we need to make sure we resolve this and I will help you through everything to help you through that action, no matter what's the word. You know what I'm saying? So I want to go ahead and thank you for going ahead and putting that out there because guess what? I hope that it, it, it also helps others to go ahead and say that you have more friends out there than than, than than not have. You you have more open ears and more voices that can hear your problems.
1: And in this an moment, Coach, right now, it's every time we talk, it's a, it's a group therapy session. And it, and it helps us to be able to deal with a lot of the issues that we don't like to talk about sometimes with other people. But when we're in the room together uh, here in, in the dungeon, as you like to call it or down in the basement or in the cannon, yeah. you know, no matter where we are, we can have those conversations. And guess what? We can leave knowing that there's a friend. Yeah. There's somebody who cares and that that person is there for us. And if we can have that all the time, we're in a better place, but it, it just takes us being willing to just open up, yes, and say, "Hey, this is all me.
0: Transparent, messed up. I know I am, but guy, you know, I need you." And and and, and, and we oh, we even talked about being a friend. Yeah, we even talked about in, in in that because what we're going through right here is we understand that COVID and and isolation it has it has done a number on our mental capabilities. But we're here. People are here. People are still caring. The world has not changed in having people that care. We are the carers right here. Because guess what? We loved and we are loved. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we have to remember that. I always want to go ahead and tell everybody, you know, thank you for going ahead and listening. Thank you for everything that that, that we're doing. Um, um, this is a great moment in itself because we have made it. Uh, I want to say to our seventh yes, podcast yes, today, sir. and then this is going to be uh, something that that you will go ahead and hear in this thing. We had to go and come up with seven to go and go to the next stage. So congratulations yes, sir. on going to the we, yeah, we, we have it. Made, yeah, it yeah, to to we made it to the top, you <laughs> know what I'm <laughs> saying? So, so in it, but uh, always remember, good luck in God's name i <tries> <tries> <tries>